0: A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast. Parenting beyond discipline. The place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer-Azraland. So This week, I'm going to take some time to catch up on questions that have come in over the past few months that I didn't have time to answer during other episodes. These are all questions that I get frequently, so I'm sure there are many parents who are struggling with the same or similar situations. The first question is from Lindsay in Chicago. Our daughter often won't eat dinner. I try to make her stay at the table until she finishes. Otherwise, she tells me at bedtime that she's hungry and I have to make her something else so she doesn't have a complete meltdown about getting hungry and needing food at bedtime. But this doesn't always go well. She'll end up taking her food and putting it on the floor to eat like a dog. And sometimes I let her anything to get her to eat her meal during dinnertime. My husband isn't on board, though, and he thinks we need to make her stay at the table, which turns into a big battle and she doesn't eat. I get frustrated and everyone ends up upset. She just turned four. What behavior should we expect at four? How do we follow through on our expectations? Like I mentioned, this is a quite common struggle in many households. So first, I'm going to share the basic guidelines that I teach in the class, Healthy Eating and Mealtimes for Preschool and Beyond, that's on our website. The guidelines are this. When it comes to food, Parents are in charge of what and when it is offered. Kids are in charge of how much, and this also means if any, they eat. You provide the meal or snack, the child gets to choose what and how much he or she wants to eat. Children try to find all kinds of opportunities to gain power, and food and meal times has become a big area where kids have been able to gain the upper hand in a lot of households. So parents need to stay in charge of what and when food is offered and then remain detached from how much kids eat. Research shows that kids who are micromanaged, and that means this eat a bite of this, eat two more bites of that before you can have this or before you can leave the table, actually ends up with narrower food preferences than kids whose parents show less control during mealtimes. So what you want to do is offer dinner. If your child isn't interested in eating, you just let her know, this is dinner, it's fine if you aren't hungry, but there won't be any other food until breakfast. I'm also a big proponent of expecting kids to stay at the table, but without any expectations that they eat. So as an example, Chandler, who's now five, used to do this a lot when he was three. I'd put dinner down and every single night for a couple of weeks, the first thing out of his mouth was always, I don't like this. I would say, that's fine, you don't have to eat, but you do need to stay and visit with us while we eat. This way there was no pressure to eat, but he was getting an opportunity to see the food, watch us experience it. And every single time he ended up trying it and nine times out of 10, he would gobble it all up and ask for more. Now, I would watch him out of the corner of my eye a little bit back and forth, and I noticed that he was watching me. He was waiting for me to pressure him, to push him, so that he could push back, and I never would do it. I would just sit there and eat my dinner, talk with the other kids, and just pretend like nothing was going on over there with him. And pretty soon, I'd see him looking at the food, looking at me, looking at the food, and pretty soon, he would try it. Now, if I had said he had to try it or wasn't allowed to leave the table until he tried it, he would have just dug in really hard and been more determined not to try it. Not because he really didn't like it, but because then I would have laid down the challenge and it would have become a battle of wills, a power struggle. So what if your child doesn't eat any dinner, doesn't even try it? That's fine. The next meal is breakfast. Some parents struggle with this. Won't she be hungry? Yes, she will. But will she starve? No. Will she learn to eat when food is offered? Yes, she will. She will learn that refusing dinner and then getting another meal at bedtime won't work. When we do this with our kids, we teach them that they have the upper hand, that all they have to do is refuse the meal, and then they get something else later because we're afraid to put them to bed hungry. This is a big power play. It puts the power in their hands and it also feeds into pickiness. It rewards picky eating. and then we definitely don't want to do that. So to answer the last part of your question, what should you expect at four? You should expect manners at four. At two, we teach manners. At three, we encourage manners and remind about manners. And at four, we expect manners, the please, the thank you, may I be excused, sitting properly in the chair with knees down and aligned to the table and the plate in front of us, using utensils properly. Does this mean we won't have to remind? No, my kids are seven and five and five, and I still have to remind them sometimes. Knees down, sit squarely in front of your plate, stay seated at the table. This takes time, but we want to expect it and keep asking and reminding about it. And I cover more on this in the class on healthy eating and mealtimes, preschool and beyond, as well as ways to circumvent issues with kids who will eat all the pasta but leave the vegetables. So if you have questions or issues with that or other questions about getting kids off to a good start with eating and mealtimes and healthy eating, be sure to check out that class at yourvillageonline.com slash healthykids and you can use the promo codes FIT. Kids 20, F-I-T-K-I-D-S 20 for 20% off that class or one of the monthly membership options. Now, our next question is from Steve in Portland. Our three-year-old son does not stay in bed at bedtime. He constantly gets up, so he ends up staying up with us until nine and even 10 o'clock at night. We'd like to have some time to ourselves, and we also need him to wake up earlier and not be cranky when it's time to get ready for preschool? What can we do? This is another really common question that I get frequently, so I'm sure there are a lot of other parents out there who can relate to this. There are four different ways to handle this and get the same result, which is to get your child to stay in bed at bedtime and fall asleep on his own in his own room. I don't have time to go into all four of these methods, so I will share the most straightforward method, which also happens to be the one we used with our kids. And that is you take the child back to bed, guiding them with hands on shoulders without saying a word and without looking them in the eye for as many times as it takes for them to stay in bed. There are two big keys to this, though. The first is never Lose your cool. If you take your kid back to bed 15 times and on time 16, you yell, I told you to stay in bed, then you just rewarded the behavior. Negative attention is still attention and you just taught your kid to get out of bed at least 16 times the next time to see how long it takes for them to get you to break. So rewarding behavior, reinforcing it, makes it more likely to occur. So never lose your cool. The second is set the precedent beforehand kids are notorious for trying to break us. I need a drink. I need my lovey. And my favorite is the pleas for affection. I need a hug or I need a kiss or I love you, mama. So you need to circumvent this with a quick chat before bed. I used to say something like, it's bedtime. You need to stay in your room. If you come out, I will not talk to you, I will not look at you. I will not get you anything. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It means it's bedtime. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air, parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home, home threads, love where you live. And of course we want to make sure that the child has the lovey, the last drink of water, whatever it is, the hug, the back rub, the kiss and let them know this is the last one. The only thing I do recommend parents always let kids get up for is to use the potty. If they're in the middle of the potty training stage, You can still do this without looking at or speaking to your child and this stage won't last long. And if you wanna know about the other three methods or you have other issues with toddler sleep, you can check out the toddler sleep class on the website and you can use the promo code sleep to get that class for 20% off. the next question is from Natalie in Sunnyvale. I have been feeling really guilty the past couple of days because I spanked my son who's now six. It was just a light swat and also the first time ever, but I swore I would never do this because I got spanked a lot as a kid, and I know it's not good for him or for us as a family. Now I just feel terrible about it. I lost my cool because I've had it with the disrespectful behavior, calling me names, yelling in my face, and just being generally disobedient and rude with tons of attitude. We use rewards like sticker charts and earning privileges, outings and other treats, and also timeouts. But obviously what we're doing isn't working because I'm finding it hard to maintain peaceful means and positive discipline. I don't want to be that parent who hits her kids or yells at them. Please help. Natalie, thank you for sharing this very personal story with us. And I'm sure many other parents admire your courage in sharing this, and your commitment to finding better ways. So there's probably a lot going on here. There are reasons for this disrespectful behavior and a lot of great positive discipline techniques for turning that around. Now I'm going to do my best to address as many aspects of this as I can, but this is a really big question, so I will also refer you to the appropriate classes on the website. But let's start with the reasons behind the disrespect. This is a call for attention. Now, I don't know what the reasons are because I don't get to talk to you one-on-one, but I want you to think about some things. Has anything in your family changed? Have you moved? Has there been a death in the family? Is there a new sibling or a new sibling on the way? Take a look into what dynamics may have changed in your household, if any. And some ways of addressing calls for attention are with spending special time with your child who is acting out. Positive discipline teaches that a misbehaving child is a child who's feeling bad. So special time can help our child remember that we love them and are worthy of our time. It doesn't have to be long. Spending 15 minutes of dedicated play doing something that they really like to play or a trip for ice cream can do wonders. Now, I want to give a caveat here because I don't want to make it sound like your child acts out and then you take them for ice cream. That's obviously not the point. We don't want to reward that behavior. But in the times when things are going well or set up special time in the morning, you can say, you know what? I really want to spend some special time with you today. So today when your brother is napping, if that's the case, if there's a new baby or tonight before bed, let's sit down and play a special game or a special toy together, whatever you'd like to do. What could that be? Set some time aside to spend with your child. And trying to do that at least every other day can really help turn some of that behavior around. Next, listen to the episode on dealing with disrespectful behavior because there's a lot of good information in there. But in general, we want to teach our kids that it's normal to have upset feelings and that it's not just okay, but it's important to share those feelings. But what isn't okay is to be disrespectful. Explain what that means. The yelling the name calling, any hitting or other ways of physically hurting someone. And then also share how you expect your child to share those feelings in a respectful way. And in the episode on disrespect, I share lots of ways to teach kids about respect. So check that out. Next, I strongly recommend getting rid of the reward systems and rewards charts. Rewards actually work against kids building inner character traits, internal motivation for behaviors. They teach kids to work for the external, for the reward. What we find starts to happen is that we need to invoke bigger and bigger rewards to get the same behavior. It's basically like an addiction. We want kids to help around the house because they want to be a helpful family member, not so they can earn the next reward. We want them to treat us with respect because that's the way we treat people, not so they can get a reward. We want them to read and do homework because of the knowledge they gain and a love of learning, not for a trip to the toy store. So you get the idea. Along with rewards, I also strongly encourage you to get rid of the timeouts. Kids really don't learn anything from timeouts, and they often have the same negative effects of other punitive discipline. And I covered those negatives in last week's episode. So you may want to go back and listen to that one if you haven't already some of the disrespectful behavior may be coming out of those feelings of revenge from the timeouts. So when you get rid of those, you may also see some lessening of this disrespectful behavior. Also in last week's episode, I shared my story about how I felt when I got rid of timeouts. I know it's scary getting rid of these go-to tools and working on changing behavior patterns and learning and practicing new ways of interacting, but they truly do work wonders and strengthen the relationships. And I'm sure you'll be very pleased with a turnout within a week or two of using them consistently. There are lots of great alternatives to timeouts and lots of other great positive discipline tools that when you use them, the need to use any kind of consequences becomes few and far between. Since your question is so involved, it would take me a really long time to share all the information on positive discipline. So I'm gonna recommend watching the class Discipline tools for elementary, and these are for kids ages 5 to 10 on the website. It includes the no more timeouts, which is all the alternatives to using timeouts, along with lots of other positive discipline tools that you can have at your disposal for increasing positive behavior. It's a little over an hour long and comes with lots of handouts too. The next area to consider is your own stress level. We parents get to our breaking point a lot easier and quicker when we're stressed and tired. So be sure to make sure you're taking care of yourself and take some inventory of where you might be getting stressed. It's important not just so that you're well-rested and more patient, but it's also an important way to be a role model for our kids. We aren't meant to give and give and never replenish ourselves. So give yourself a break and give yourself permission to do that if you need it. I cover a lot of different tips and tools on how to do that in the Peaceful Parenting Part 1 because the first step in being a peaceful parent is making sure our own needs are met, that we're well-rested and our stress levels are in check. Then Peaceful Parenting Part 2 covers tons of tools for maintaining your cool both in the moments of chaos and over the long term. And you can see the class outlines for all those Watch the intro videos for free and see if they sound like something that would be helpful for you and check that out on our website, yourvillageonline.com. The last question for this episode, which is actually the one that I wanted to cover in last week's episode is from Holly in Pittsburgh. I watched your class on choices. Well, actually the whole discipline tools for toddlers class. And I absolutely loved it. I got so many tips and tools And life with my three-year-old daughter is so much easier. But I have one question. Just like you mentioned, she loves to do things for herself. So we use that to our advantage and give the choice by yourself or with my help. The problem we're having is that she insists on trying to button her own pants and she just doesn't have the dexterity to do it. She tries forever and makes us late every time. But if I try to take over or let her know her time is up, she throws a fit. I love this question, Holly, because I literally had this exact same scenario with my daughter when she was that age. Your daughter, like mine, sounds super determined, and that is a good thing. It will serve her well in life, but it can be frustrating in these types of situations. So here's what you can do. Have her get going on her pants first thing. You can even have her start on her pants and go take a shower or go fix breakfast to give her ample time to try on her own. 20 minutes should be plenty of time. After 15 to 20 minutes, she'll either get it or she'll finally be willing to accept some help and even most likely ask for it. Now, when I had my daughter, she was the twin, so I had a whole lot of things that I could do before I needed to come back to her. I would let her get started and go dress her twin brother, help her older brother get dressed, and gave her plenty of time to sit there and work on her pants. So figure out how you can work into your schedule an extra 15 to 20 minutes to give her that time to keep trying on her own. As I mentioned in the last episode, we're on our family vacation this week and next, but the next episode will be up the first week of August. I hope everyone is having a great summer and keep these questions coming. If you have a question, please be sure to send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. As always, if you like what you're hearing, I'd love a review on iTunes. If there's a topic you'd like to hear or something you think we can do better, we welcome your feedback at podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.